Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Glove Podcast. My name is Gabriella Love and I am your host. We are back with another psychedelic session and today we have an amazing guest with us. I just got to talk to her for a bit and I'm really excited for this conversation. I mean, like this is going to be great. Um, uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the support so far. It's been lovely hearing back from people and getting the feedback and it's particularly been lovely hearing from people the the kinds of conversations that have really had an impact on them and and just hearing the excitement from listeners has been truly um, a blessing for me so thank you thank you thank you without further ado here we go addy welcome to the glove podcast wow hi i'm glad to be here um hello all of you listeners (laughs) this is my first podcast um and i'm really really excited especially because of you know the conversation we just had um I don't know. I feel like we're on the same wavelength here. Um, I feel like I have a lot I can bring to the conversation and I'm so excited to hear your take on um, it as well. Yeah, right on. I'm so excited too. Do you want to take a moment to introduce yourself in whatever way makes sense for you? Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm Addie. I live in Austin, Texas, but I'm from Dallas. Uh, I'm 19 years old. And I have been experimenting with psychedelics for over a year now. Um, I'm kind of on a break at the moment because I went really hard. Uh, But I gained so much insight from everything I did. And obviously, I have no regrets. Um, I only really have one necessarily bad trip story even. Um, But, you know, uh, I'm 19. I'm in college. I am a bartender and I dabble in psychedelics. Uh, I think that would be a good introduction for me. (laughs) It's a great introduction. Thank you for that. So it's been about a year. Um, How did that start for you? How did you first get into psychedelics? Okay. Um, So I was with a guy, a really, really bad guy for two years. And the relationship ended in November of 2019 because I found out that he was with other people and he it kind of just hit me that he was a bad guy all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of, I guess to explain like part of how restrictive our relationship was, was he never wanted me to dabble in psychedelics or take mushrooms because that's what I really wanted to do um, because he told me that I would go crazy. Um, I was too traumatized that my brain was too messed up and I would just go berserk. Um. So two days after I found out, uh, I went and took fucking five grams. <laughs> uh, they were called blue meanies. And my dealer like handed them to me and he was like, hey, put these in a PB&J. And I was like, okay. Um, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I got my best friend at the time or one of my best friends. And I went to my dorm and I didn't even put them in a P- PB&J. I just downed all of them at once. They were really gross. Um And then I proceeded to have the most magical experience of my entire life. Mm. Um, Like, honestly, I can't, I felt like I felt love for the first time. And I know that sounds cheesy or cliche, but I really was just so, uh, I wasn't attached to him anymore. Finally, Mm. for the first time in like two years, I wasn't attached to him. I wasn't attached to the expectation I had of how my life was supposed to be. I wasn't attached to my family or my friends. It was just me for the first Mm. time ever. Um, And like, I tell it to people, like I was on one path and I thought it was a straight arrow. I thought that I was just going to get a degree, get a job, get married and die or something. Um, I didn't really take the time to think about what life really was ever but then I took them and it's like I steered straight to the right (laughs) um and it just felt like I was on this well-lit path and now I'm cutting through the jungle um Mm -hmm. and that's still how it feels for me but I love it you know um so that was my first ever experience wow that that's amazing. That's awesome. I love the way you put that. It doesn't sound cheesy at all. It's like you felt love for the first time. Um, I think I I look back and I remember my first shroom experience. That was probably about four and a half grams, so somewhat similar. And I just remember it, it being like Pandora's box opened. I had no idea I could experience things like that. I had no idea I could see things like that. And my life hasn't been the same since. It, it definitely was a complete eye opener for me. 
Um, and very, very colorful too. I don't know if it was colorful for you. Was it colorful? Oh yeah. I, uh, holy shit. Um, have you ever seen the movie Midsummer? Yes. It, uh, you know, all of like the flowers going up and down kind of everywhere. Yeah. 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 That's what was going on on like my fuzzy blanket. I actually have it right here. It's like <laughs> this thing. Wow. Was, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> um, and it, the weirdest part about it that I still think about sometimes is there were like, uh, Aztec gods swirling mm-hmm. over my head and it looked like they were made out of like what you would put on a neon sign or like what a neon sign looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like, it looked like they were made of LEDs and that was really, really cool. Um, and after the experience, everything was colorful. All of a sudden I was starting to look at the sky again. Like ever since then, I've been always looking at the clouds, always looking mm-hmm. at sunsets, like something about my perception of the outside world just changed mm-hmm. and it would shift. Sometimes you might not notice it, but it definitely was a pretty interesting shift. My God. Yeah. I feel that so much. Like my heart felt so warm hearing that. Cause I, I remember vividly, um, like, after that first shroom trip, I I would go out and like, for me, it was like, I started noticing the sky again. I, it was like literally looking up and going, Oh my God, there's a sky, there's a sun, there are clouds. Like I've, I've gone through so many days of my life, just not noticing it. Like just not noticing these amazing things all around me. And and now suddenly I'm aware of them again. Oh my God. I'm so glad that like other people have had this experience too. Cause it's like, I don't know, when other people share the same kind of things that I've been through, it just helps me feel like a little less crazy, a little less alone, a little more hopeful of things. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was the exact same way for me. Yeah, I'm totally with you on all of that. Um, okay, so you had your first mushroom experience and then what happened? Did you just sort of, that inspired you to keep doing it? Um, what's that journey been like this year? So I would say, um, you know, uh, I saw this, uh, or I heard this one thing, I think it was on the midnight gospel, like the first episode. Um, and he was talking about psychedelics and it's like, you get on this elevator and it takes you all the way to the top and you can see Nirvana, but then you go back down. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went back down and, you know, I felt like I had this really magical transformative experience, but then I kind of got a little cocky with it. Um, and about a month and a half went by after that experience. And then I tried acid for the first time. Um, and I had tried like acid or quote acid before, but I don't think it was real. Mm -hmm. Um, but this time I took like 300 micrograms. Um, Mm -hmm. and this was in January of 2020. Um, I don't know there. It's kind of funny. Um, I was coming up and my friend packed a bowl for the bong and she handed the bowl to me and I was like, thank you so much. And then I hit it and I started coughing really, really hard. And I looked at it and I was like, what is wrong with this? Is there something wrong with the weed? And they looked at me and they were like, Addie, dude, you finished that whole bowl. Um, like I capped an entire bowl at once. How do you do that? I don't know. Um, but then I was sent <laughs> into this like fish eye perception. Like I was an orb. I was not my physical body anymore. I was just this unit of consciousness. And I was getting stuck in thought loops where Mm -hmm. I was sitting on the floor. I would get up, I would head to the door to leave because I was scared, but then I'd have to sit back down. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was really stupid and it probably would have been better if I didn't let this happen. But I took a guy with me (laughs) because I was rebounding and he was tripping too. So every time I sat back down, he would grab me like in an embrace and like try to hug me and comfort me. But I was like, no, I don't need that right now. Like I, I'm not okay, dude. Um, so I would have to kind of like shift him off of me, which made him really moody and it was really annoying or whatever. (laughs) Um, but then all of a sudden, like, I was like, what's my name? Like, who am I? Who are you guys? What state am I in? Um, what's my life story? I don't know any of it. Like uh-huh. it was crazy. Um, and like, it's, it took me 12 hours to figure out that it was a fucking ego death. Um, uh-huh. I heard about, and I had researched extensively before, but I did not expect it to happen in that specific experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and like, 
uh, that dude is so annoying. He made me cuddle him like all night. And then he wanted to leave early. So I got in his car and he got in a wreck while I was still tripping. Um, so I definitely learned my lesson from that. <laughs> and I learned to be a lot more careful with them. Um, and I did acid one more time after that, which was really nice because I was around friends and it was my friend's birthday. Um, and my best friend friend and I were like crying in the corner. Um, she called me her light and I called her my rock. So it was like, Sabrina is my rock and I am her light. Um, and I don't know why that phrase made me cry, but it made me cry a lot. <laughs> um, and I also drew some pretty cool stuff on that trip as well. Um, but then I don't know, whenever you do acid, it kind of feels to me, at least in my experience, like your body isn't really there anymore. You become very, very ungrounded. And that's the hard part about acid for me mm. uh, because I just don't feel connected anymore. I mm. feel like I heard it compared like Star Trek to Lord of the Rings. So Star Trek being acid, Lord of the Rings being mushrooms. Mm -hmm. um, it's very spacey in my opinion. Right. <clears throat> um, and I love it. You know, I had, I've had some, I've had a good experience on it, but whenever oh, I got God. high, Oh, that was my speaker. Whenever I got high afterwards, um, like smoked weed, I would get back to that feeling again. Like my limbs didn't really exist. Like I couldn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's anxiety or something like that. But I started doing a lot of like root work, um, mm -hmm. grounding work. And ever since then, I like started researching on how to kind of bring yourself back down from that feeling. Um, and the only thing that's really helped me do it is like walking barefoot on the grass or like laying in the ground yeah. or just kind of envisioning that root connecting you to the earth. Mm -hmm. um, that really helped me a lot. But um, yeah, no, that was my big, bad acid experience. Um, and I did shrooms <laughs> quite, quite a bit more um, throughout the year. And the last time I did it was, I think... A little early in November, I did a two gram trip with my mom. <laughs> um, and it was really, oh, wow. Yeah. Like together. Did you both mm -hmm. do it? Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Like <laughs> um, and it was a weird experience. All of us were really uncomfortable coming up, um, even though it was only two grams. So I was grateful that I didn't take more. Um, and then we were all kind of chilling on the come down. And my mom and I had some really honest conversations about um, just our past and, you know, trauma or whatever. And it ended with us both crying, but like there were really good tears. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, and honestly, I think just specifically shrooms. Um, shrooms have really strengthened my love for myself and for my family and for my friends and for people in general. Because um, like... There's just something about them. I don't know. <laughs> that just makes me want to cry a waterfall in the best way possible. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that is so beautiful. My God. I, and, and I just want to say it's so beautiful that you uh, had experiences like that with your mother. I, that, that must be so healing. And it, it must be such a beautiful opportunity to connect even deeper like that. That just sounds amazing. I'm really happy yeah, to hear it, that. It definitely um, was. It was a little scary. It's funny though. that you brought up the, the whole uh, acid and what that experience is like for you and, and how you don't necessarily feel um, grounded in your own body or have felt that way. I find that I'm, I, I have the opposite experience with uh, acid. Like for me, I find that it, uh, if, if I'm really like focusing on it, um, I notice that it, it helps me see where trauma or where emotions are stored in my body. Like that's what I've found my experience with acid has been like, if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling a little anxious or I'm starting to notice, you know, some thoughts that are happening or they're kind of like, you know, coming in and, you know, I know that they're there and I could get stuck in the thought loop or whatever the experience is. If there's some discomfort, I find that on acid, I know, I know how to look for that discomfort in my own body. And then I kind of do like a scan with my hands um, and then I find it in my body. And then that's where I kind of like start focusing my attention and, and my energy. And I start to just like send really positive um, healing 
feelings towards it. And then that changes the discomfort. So I found like acid, that's what, what, that's one of the reasons I like it so much is for that reason is because it, it helps me. Um, it, it's kind of like a, a little, I don't know, like a little flashlight and it, it, you know, flashes right onto the discomfort in my own body. And, and that's a really cool thing. And it's definitely been like eye opening because it it's reaffirmed for me because I understand this on an intellectual level. You know, you have trauma and discomfort and memories and things like that stored in your body and blah, blah, blah. And I get that, you know, intellectually, but to really get it um, on a much deeper level, because you're, you're actively in that process of like, I'm feeling discomfort and, oh, I found it. It's in my knee. And then you start massaging it and it goes away. And it's like, whoa, like it really was just discomfort in my knee. And, and, you know, I, I like my mind takes that discomfort and associates it with a bunch of memories and experiences and sensations from the past. And, and like, it, it creates this narrative when really it was just discomfort in my knee. That's really what it was. It was a physical sensation. Um, so I like, I think it's very interesting that you brought that up. Uh, is definitely having different experiences, which brings me to another question. Um, it sounds like you really enjoy uh, mushrooms and it sounds like um, it, it's been super profound for you. Has it like, what, what are the experiences like for you in terms of like on the spectrum of hallucination? Because I know some people, they hallucinate quite a bit. I'm one of those people. Some people don't really at nearly as much. So is it, is it very visual for you or is it more feelings? Um, it really depends on, I guess, the kind, um, because I've had specific, like strains from uh, the guy I have right now. He doesn't really necessarily sell the best, um, but everything is just a bit more colorful, but I'm not necessarily seeing any like visual hallucinations. Um, but when I try like uh, golden t-shirts or the blue meanies I had, um, just the higher quality ones I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, make me hallucinate a lot more. So I've had some really visual experiences as well as some not too visual experiences. And the not too visual experiences have also been on lesser doses. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's the coolest visual experience you've had? Ooh, um, I know I was talking about the Aztec gods from mm-hmm. <laughs> my first one. Um, hold on, I gotta think for a second. Ooh. Um, one time, uh, I took some golden teachers in my friend's room and can you see my camera? Mm -hmm. She also has this rainbow film on her window. Uh, for the listeners, it's like, uh, just rainbow film you put on your window, but then the light comes in and rainbows are everywhere. Um, so she has that same film and I looked at the rainbow on the wall and it all turned into eyes, like blinking eyes. Um, And I thought that was really, really sick. Um, Oh, and then the clouds. I, I can't put into words how beautiful it is to watch a sunset while tripping. Like I have seen the clouds rolling over the sky and they were like mermaids, like women swimming through the sky and they were holding like children, like babies. Wow. Um, And they were just descending in this downwards cascade into the horizon. Um, and on that same, uh, sunset, there was also, it looked like a God almost, or another being with his hand over his face and the hand was slowly opening and he was blowing over the sky. Um, that, that was beautiful. (laughs) Like thinking about it. Oh my God. I burst into tears. I was, and my best friend, like she could not see any of it. No, you're not seeing what I'm seeing right now because I need someone to have this experience with me. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, it was my experience and it's, it will be forever imprinted in my memory. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. I mean, I definitely felt that when you described that, I like, I, that sounds so beautiful. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And then another one, uh, I took some with my friends back in August and we chilled out on the patio all night. Um, and the clouds then, it was really late. Um, they were turning into like little dinosaurs, like dino nuggets <laughs> bouncing around the sky. Um, and then we went back into the house and it was about 6 a.m. 
and they went to go get food. And I looked in the mirror and I was so proud of myself because I hadn't cried all night. And I typically cry every single time I do any kind of psychedelics. But I looked in the mirror and all of a sudden my hair was gray and my face was wrinkly and I was an old lady. And then I did burst into tears, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. Like Mm -hmm. I was a cool ass old lady and I I was like happy because I just knew like, Oh, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to turn into this old wise woman that is going to be me one day. And it already is me in a sense. I just haven't experienced what she's experiencing or what Mm -hmm. she's experienced yet. Um, and I mean, every time, like, especially when I look into my eyes in the mirror, I just feel a force way bigger than myself that I feel the need to respect mm-hmm. um, because I can be very, very challenging on myself a lot of the time. Um, but then when I look in my eyes on shrooms, it's like, whoa, 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 be careful. Be careful who you're challenging, Addie. That's you. That's you you're talking to. And I think you're pretty cool. So it's like, you know, looking in the mirror has always been a really good reinforcement. But that one time, that one old lady hallucination, that was, that was fucking crazy. <laughs> Uh, that makes me think of uh, like the, you know, our ancestors, everything that's sort of all around us for the future of that. And if we think about the future and, and like that old lady, um, you are the memory. Like you are, we are the living memory of um, our future selves and our future wise selves. And that's really, really cool to think about and to connect with. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Hmm. That like a lot of the things you are sharing for me, like it's really warming my heart and I'm just really happy to hear um, these experiences that you're sharing. You mentioned uh, spirituality before we kind of uh, started this recording. Um, let's talk about that. Like, so I, I believe you mentioned, you know, you, you feel like you've had uh, an awakening of some kind. Was that, um, was that triggered by the psychedelic experiences that you've had or was that complemented by them? I definitely think it was complemented um, mm-hmm. because they, they played a, they played a factor in my awakening, but also that breakup I experienced played a really mm-hmm. big factor. Um, it's just crazy because I trusted that person a lot um, and they're a really messed up person, you know? Um, so when you make that person, your only friend, when you start to lose all of your other friends, when you are giving so much of yourself to this person who's treating you like garbage, and then it finally dawns on you that you're getting treated like garbage, you know, it just, it feels uh, a slap in the face would be an understatement, you know? Um, so a combo of that, and all of the psychedelics definitely played a factor, um, biggest factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say it was 50-50, actually. Um, so half breakup and half psychedelics. And then COVID didn't help either. <laughs> but yeah. um, COVID was a blessing in disguise for me. Mm-hmm. I imagine COVID's been a wake-up call for many people. It certainly has for me on, on many levels. Um, so what does that mean to you, spirituality? Whew. Um, there's so much, (laughs) um, but for me, I think that at least in my spirituality, you know, I may have issues with believing in the concept of spirit guides, although I do believe in them. It's just hard for me to, you know, really wrap my mind around them, if you know what I mean. Um, but a lot of people say you should believe in it this way, or you should believe in it that way. You should believe in chakras. You should believe in this and that and this and that. And a lot of it right now is super whitewashed um, and kind of like, I don't know, uh, it's annoying um, what a lot of, I guess, spiritual influencers try to say spirituality is, especially mm-hmm. in America. Um And a lot of people kind of get it mixed up with that. So when I say I'm spiritual, they're like, oh, uh, so you believe in chakras and you believe that uh, lighting incense is going to clear your room of energy or whatever. Um, and it's kind of annoying, you know, how people can get very chastising about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's an inner knowing to put it in like a very simple term. Um, and it's focusing on like this knowing in your chest mm-hmm. that everything is okay. Everything is happening for a reason. Um, you know, sometimes you need to get through the dark to get to the light. Um, 
that's what I would say spirituality is for me. And there's a lot of things that comes with it, of course, like um, astral projection, um, communicating with spirit guides and meditation. And um, if you choose to believe in past life, you know, past life and past life regression. Um, It's just, it can be very annoying to me um, how or what pops into your brain or a lot Mm -hmm. of other people's brains when you say the word spirituality, because Mm -hmm. it can be so bended and warped to everyone. Um, And I really try to be adamant about getting that message across to other people when they ask Mm -hmm. about spirituality is that all it is, is your path. It's your inner knowing and it is all Mm -hmm. up to you. Um, And I guess I kind of went on that tangent um, because that question really brought that into my mind. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing. And and I'm totally with you. Like oh, everything you're saying resonates with me for sure. I definitely feel that like, you know, th- th- first of all, this is not to say that I don't like incense. I don't like all these things. I do enjoy them. I'm totally, I'm totally into them. I totally do, do a lot of those things, uh, but I don't do them because I feel like that's what I need to do or because I believe that that's the way to connect with life or my soul or that kind of thing. I just do them because I happen to fall into doing them at one point in my life and I still enjoy some of them. So I still kind of carry on. Oh yeah, no, me too. Um, I have an incense holder in front of me right now. (laughs) Um, but it's like, I have come across a lot of people who have a lot of it, I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess I can say wrong here, um, about what it means to be spiritual in that sense. And I try as best as I can to really spread my interpretation about it to the people who ask me. Mm -hmm. Um, because I guess in my community, um, of people of networks that I've been in. Uh, mm-hmm. I get a lot of people coming to me with questions because I'm very vocal and I'm very open about my experience with um, spirituality and psychedelics. So uh, for example, someone will text me like, Hey, I'm doing a full moon ritual tonight. I have like um, a jar for my moon water and I have two of the three crystals that I need to do it. If I add the third crystal, if I don't add the third crystal, will it not work? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yep. Yep. Um, when it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if you have moon water. It's all mm-hmm. about the intention, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like, I guess, infusing energy into things like um, infusing your intention of whatever purpose you want that moon water to have, like that infusion of intention is the most important part. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't even need moon water to do it. All you need is, I would say, your heart, because that's yeah. where you feel it when you do something with intention. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really think that's kind of magical. (laughs) It is. I mean, we, we are magical. Life is magical and, and we, we have all, all the things that we need, um, as we are. And that's the beautiful thing. And I'm totally with you. Like on this topic, I, I feel that this is something that I try to be vocal about. Um, just kind of echoing what you're talking about. I've noticed that over probably like the last five or six years, uh, maybe even seven, there's there's been this um, influx of new age spirituality stuff into the mainstream and into kind of like popular culture and, and speech. And, and so now there's, there's all this stuff that's being presented in one way and there's lots of people, you know, coming forward and, and being these like, I don't know, the, the, they're all suddenly qualified to do all of these things and offer all of these services. And, and you know, it, it's, I, I feel that much like many other things in our history of humanity, um, many other religions, it like it's, I've been, and this is a concern of mine, I feel that I've been watching spirituality um, as a concept move into that direction of turning more into a business venture rather than um, what it actually is supposed to be. And we've seen that with many religions. We've seen that with many things. And Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. That is exactly, yes. That is exactly what grinds my gears as well. <laughs> um, uh, especially with, uh, have, have, do you have the app TikTok? 
I do. Well, I, I deleted it a while back because I was spending way too much time on it. But I do love TikTok. Yeah, I'm um I'm on the, like the spiritual side of TikTok, and I'm also on like the spiritual side of Twitter. And it really grinds my gears when people come on there and they tell you things like they are a fact. They don't add do your own research. They don't really add any substance to it. All they're doing is just claiming this authority to tell you what you need to be doing right now. And that annoys the like the balls out of me <laughs> because it's like, why are you, why are you trying to tell people what they can or can't do in order to raise their vibrations in order to like grow spiritually by telling other people what they need to be doing right now. And by like being arrogant about it, that yeah. in turn is just as unhealthy for you as whatever they may be doing to themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, just on that note as well, to add to that, even in the like world of psychedelics, like I know for me, part of the reason I want to have these conversations is, uh, you know, and I wanted to do this on a podcast and have different people on is because I, I think it's important for everyone to know about the different experiences that people have with psychedelics, as well as the different perspectives, rather than just a sort of like a select few perspectives. And I think, you know, so far, obviously in the 60s and 70s, it was sort of like this thing that people did to connect and and live communally. And they were all very anti-war. And so there's kind of like that. And then there's a bit of a the, the party concept of psychedelics. And then there's the like plant medicine um, perspective of psychedelics, which is very much like ceremony and shamans and, and uh, spirituality and that kind of thing. And, you know, for me, like, I think all of them are valid. They all have very valid um, connections and, and to psychedelics. They all have very valid connections to themselves and to life. And, and sometimes I like, just to add to this uh, topic so far, sometimes I meet people that feel very strongly about, you know, psychedelics being this thing that you can really only do uh, if you're, you know, doing it with a shaman somewhere and you're doing it in that context. You can't, you know, you can't just do it alone in your bedroom or whatever. And and that's just not true. It's not like you can do whatever you want. It, you do whatever works for you. Like, that's not to say that that's something that I want to do. It, but it like the point going back to what you're saying is that it it's about your inner knowing. Um, mm-hmm. It's about your path and whatever that path is like. That's what you I, I hope that's what people throw themselves into. And, and rather than, you know, looking for paths that aren't theirs and, and trying to fit themselves into that um, because, you, you know, you're not fitting in because it's not your path, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got your own path. And, and there's there's a magical freedom um, in just trusting your own path and going with it. And yeah, I think these conversations are impor- important. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's definitely like, like you said, it's definitely something that grinds my gears as well. And, and <laughs> I, like, I, 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 like, I, I feel like I can just feel the disappointment in me coming up at the thought of like a decade from now, you know, spirituality has become like, this thing I don't know that it, it's just like I don't know I don't even know it's just like completely being used for selfish uh reasons or um like just something to profit off of and it loses it starts to lose its um its root or connection to its root and, and that would be very unfortunate so yeah Yeah, you definitely have to choose wisely when it comes to who you want to listen to and who you want to follow when it comes to spirituality and and any community, really. Um, I'm also really into astrology. And um, one of my favorite astrologers today uh, got outed for kind of being a piece of garbage. And uh, she's white and she's been stealing content from black creators who have smaller followings. Um, and she got outed for that and a lot of tweets that I read personally and they just, they were not it, you know? Um, and I guess astrology is very closely linked to spirituality too, but 
She's been, you know, really marketing herself to be someone who you can pay for classes with and who you can like spend money on in order to get information. But it's like, you aren't even doing this for the right cause. You're only doing it for your own gain. And you're also profiting off of other people who you didn't ask to take from, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually have this book. I'm about halfway through it. But it is called Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism. Beautiful. And it's by Chogyam Trumpa. Um, and I'm about halfway through it. And I got it from um, this dude I follow who I got like a good vibe from. And the way he explains it is it takes everything you've learned about your spirituality and it weaponizes it against you mm. in the best way possible, in the most loving way possible. <laughs> um, and through what I've read in it so far, you know, it's all about how a lot of specifically astrology and more um, westernized culture is really trying to market experiences to people. You know, you can buy this to be more aligned. You can buy that to manifest more abundance or love into your life. This is exactly what you have to do in order to manifest anything you want. All you have to do is buy it from me. Um, And it's like, we try to collect these spiritual experiences through money. And through that, we are completely like losing the whole point, you know? Um, And I though I don't necessarily want to be a monk with absolutely nothing in the mountains, it sounds nice to experience for a while, but that's not, you know, the path I want. I do agree with everything he says. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's like, I do find myself falling victim sometimes to, you know, putting uh, experience over allowing what is to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I tried microdosing for a bit in order to stop vaping but then I realized through that that I spent $60 on mushrooms for nothing you know Mm. because I even though I was microdosing I was still having issues with vaping Um, Mm. and that's just one small experience Um, but it's like a lot of times and when I got too you know cocky and I took a lot of that acid as well I was really trying to have that mind-blowing that mind-opening experience when all I really needed was to Mm. sit down quiet my mind and just let what is be. (laughs) Um, and that's, that's the purpose of the whole book pretty much is to just make you understand that you're not going to get spiritual enlightenment. If you keep seeking it, you have to realize that it's already there. You just, it's it's allowing, it's letting Mm -hmm. go. It's letting things flow. It's Mm -hmm. detachment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I like, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm loving listening to you. This is so great. Wow. It's beautiful. Mm. Cool. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, thank you for sharing. I'm sure people listening will enjoy that as much as I did. Um, so, so what, like going back to psychedelics, um, what role does it play in your life now? Is it something that you sort of do consistently? Is it something that you do every now and again, spontaneously? Like how, how have you integrated psychedelics into your life now? So uh, I'm going to have to find a way to word this. Um, so I guess I consistently, I think I've done, I think I've done mushrooms maybe 14 times to 16 times over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't necessarily plan everyone. I didn't, you know, set out a schedule or anything, but I was the first one to try them. And then consecutively, mm-hmm. all of my friends started wanting to do them, but they all wanted to do them with me because mm-hmm. I've always, I guess I've always been the initiator of these things. And, um, I hate to say a bad influence because I don't want to be a bad influence, but it's like, I had this mind blowing experience and I'm not going to shut up about it. So now all my friends want to try it, you know? Um, so they just started like being like, Annie, let's do it. Um, so I did it with a bunch of my different friends and um, with different groups of people. And I have, uh, I think I have two specific groups of people that I really like doing them with. Um, and I've also had experiences with friends where I realized, oh, I don't want to be your friend anymore. But it wasn't necessarily in a bad way um, with them. I think it's just bad when you're with a romantic interest and it doesn't go well. Um, but that's kind of how it, it happened over the last year. And that's why it happened so much. Um, and also because we really wanted to do them in different locations. So like we drove to New Mexico, me and three of my friends, and we tripped shrooms in the middle of Lincoln National Forest. And that was so fun. <laughs> um, 
But now, ever since the last time I did them, November, I just haven't really been seeking them or feeling the need to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I just listen to my own inner knowing at this point. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about, um, like, so one of the things for me, um, and, and some people feel the same way, um, when I do have a mushroom ceremony, like just to give you some context, I have arrived at a place where I like, I, I prefer having these experiences in a ceremonial setting. I prefer doing it in a group with people, you know, where there's a circle of some kind and, and there's a, a sense of, you know, just a, a communal space and, and someone who holds the space so that everybody can kind of go off on their own, but also have someone that they can turn to if they need kind of uh, guidance at any point. And there's someone who can kind of look out for people. Um, so I've definitely hit a place where I prefer to do it that way um, for those reasons. And also because I, I, I want to dig deeper and, and um, really just try to go as deep as possible and move forward in this sort of connection with uh, the different plants like mushrooms. And I think that a space like that is, is a lot more fitting for me. Um, that said, where was I going with this? Hold on. I completely lost my train of thought because I started looking at the skull that's just uh, along my wall there. I'm very distracted here. Um, okay, so what uh, what were we talking about? Uh, you were talking about how you preferred um, doing psychedelics in a more ceremonial setting. Right, and before that, I uh, asked you a question. Before you were asking me about like my kind of schedule or like how do I necessarily like plan to take them, like if I do them frequently or have a routine or anything like that. And I explained that um, I kind of just did them sporadically with my friends over the last year. Um, and then right. I just do it with my gut. My God, great memory. Thank you. <laughs> distracted there. All right. Um, so yeah. So for me, when I have an experience, so I have a mushroom ceremony, for example, or an LSD journey, and the next few days, I definitely... I need time to process it. I need time to integrate it. I can't, I can't imagine going right back in and having another one the next day because that would just be way too much for me to handle. I'm still, you know, I'm still kind of grounding the experiences that I've had back into my life. And, and that takes time for me. And for some people, it doesn't take that much time. For some people, it takes longer. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that. What's that like for you? Do you find that, you know, say you had a mushroom um, trip yesterday and now today, do you feel like you're still processing the experience that you've had? Do you write it down? Do you talk to others? I think you mentioned voice notes. I'd love to hear more about that. Uh, what's that integration process like for you? Um, for me, typically I don't really trip more than a month apart except for one time, which was, um, after Halloween. So I tripped on Halloween with my friends and then that weekend. So I think one or two days after that, I did that two grand trip with my mom. Um, and that's the most I've ever done consecutively, consecutively really. Um, I definitely do like having some time to kind of space out afterwards and really, I feel like you can see just some changes happen after you trip as well. Like I guess in your day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. um, like for me, the second after I started doing psychedelics, my art just took a whole 360. Um, I am so much better as an artist now because I just stopped being afraid to use color. I stopped being afraid to um, let go when painting and really just channel um, instead of trying to control because mm-hmm. I really tried to control my art a lot when um, I was younger. And after I did psychedelics, I just didn't have a problem with that anymore. Um, but I definitely do like to see kind of things like that pop up afterwards. And that's kind of why I like having time between them. And also just to kind of like get my thoughts in order and get everything all straight. Um, and I do journal, but I don't necessarily schedule my journaling sessions. I don't really like say, oh, I'm going to journal after this trip. I kind of Mm -hmm. journal as I go through my day-to-day life. Um, but I definitely do like having time in between just to like really sit down and see if there's any changes on a more subconscious level um, and to kind of bring myself back down to reality. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you. So tell, tell us about the voice notes, the voice memos. Uh, <laughs> so I was smoking with my friend in my car one time and like, we got so deep and she was like, Addie, dude, this is gold. I'm going to start recording. And I was like, okay. So then she started recording and we would, we just talk about anything, man. Like, uh, I miss pre COVID days. Cause I was in college. Um, at the like University of Texas at Arlington, and I had some really good friends over there. Um, and like every weekend, I take a different person in my car. My car's name is Bessie. Um, yeah. She's like a cult classic among my friend group <laughs> because it's the place where everyone would get in and we would smoke and like we would hit the voice memos and just really record all of our, I guess, deep long conversations. And they didn't even have to be that deep a lot of the time. Just were really funny. <laughs> and we've thought about publishing them one day. Um, but they're on so many different phones that we'd have to like actually get everything in order. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it started. That's a great idea. I'd love to hear them. And you know what, maybe you need to launch your own podcast and, and have these conversations with all your friends. I'm so thought about it. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you kind of already have been doing it. Mm-hmm. You just need to release them to the world. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's very, very cool. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Let's see. What What is it that you want to talk about when it comes to psychedelics? What's something that, you know, you would want to say to the world? What do you want to talk about? Um, I guess, firstly... It would be, um, there shouldn't be as much stigma around psychedelics or most drugs for that matter, as Mm -hmm. there is already. Um, because I tell people, or I'll tell some people I do shrooms or like old people too, specifically, and they immediately look at me in disgust. Um, you know, don't feel any shame for doing them. Don't feel any shame for smoking weed. If you ever do like any hard drugs, even like don't feel any shame because we're human. We want to experience different things. We want to shift our consciousness. We want to try shit out. And it's like, I feel like so many people who, you know, have a bunch of liquor in their system are looking at all of these people who are doing psychedelics and smoking weed and all of that stuff. And they look at them with such a distaste on their face, but it's like, what are you doing right now? You have a beer in your hand. It's the same thing. (laughs) Um, And I mean, obviously psychedelics aren't the same as alcohol they're better. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's like, uh, to anyone listening, I would just say, don't feel shame for doing them firstly. Um, also if you're scared of doing them, like that's completely normal. And you honestly should be a little, like not necessarily scared, but you should have some, you should have some respect for it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, psychedelics, um, mushrooms and acid, they aren't going to show you what you want to see all the time. And you have to be willing to accept that and understand that whatever happens, you can use as ammo for your own self-growth. You know, a trip isn't going to break you. Nothing will ever break you, you know, as long as you don't die. Um, It's always going to end. You're not going to die. And whatever happens, even though you might not wish that experience on your worst enemy, you will be much better off for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really big point I would like to make. Beautiful. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What about research? Have you done a lot of research yourself around uh, mushrooms, I guess, because that's something that's uh, has been something that you've been doing quite a bit. Um, have you done a lot of research? Are there things particularly that stuck out in your research that you've learned? Um, I haven't like necessarily researched like mushrooms itself or anything but I do like looking I do like looking at um a lot of like psychonaut reddit posts and I like Mm -hmm. looking at other experiences that's kind of what I do like to research um I've also um like listened to um people talk about mushrooms from the black market (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was kind of like from the side of the wall but um there is this one video I was watching and he was talking about how a lot of uh, people who get mushrooms off the black market, like get it laced with cyanide. So be careful um, oh. who you get it from and who your supplier is. Um, I also know that they're pretty easy to grow. <laughs> um, it just takes a little bit of materials. And I've thought about doing it myself, but I'm not sure. Um, but I mean, in general, if you're talking about mushrooms themselves, like 
they're really fascinating fungi. <laughs> like, um, they have, don't they have like networks underground yeah. like, connecting to each other? Yeah. And like, exactly. oh, um, there are people who like put um, synth things. They're like these little clips that connect to um, a synthesizer and they take the frequency of an object and a lot of people put them on mushrooms and they play it on the computer mm-hmm. and they make some really cool sounds. It sounds like they're communicating with each other. Like it sounds like they're aliens. <laughs> wow. That is cool. Wow. I definitely, so cool. I definitely do like listening to those. I think they're really fascinating. Um, yeah. How do we find that? Hmm. How do we find those? Where, where can we listen to those? Um, I've seen a lot of them on, I've seen a lot of them on TikTok, but hold up, hold up. Sound of Mushroom. Oh, yeah, you can look them up online. If you just look up oh, there Sound we go. Mushroom. They have them on YouTube. I know what I'll be doing after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and there was this one, too, where, like, the, they put it, they put one clip on one mushroom and another clip on the other mushroom and they touched the mushrooms together and the title was like mushrooms making contact with each other and they were like oh, wow. it sounded like they were communicating it was really cool wow that's neat that's so neat what about other psychedelics have you considered exploring other ones um are there any particular that you're kind of exploring um, I definitely would like to try ayahuasca at a ceremony. That mm-hmm. is something I would love to do in the next, like maybe five years. Um, it's on my bucket list. Um, and I would try DMT one day. Um, I just, whew, I'm, it's going to take me a while to get the courage to get there. Um, have you ever tried DMT before? I have, yeah. And I'm curious to know why you feel you need courage for that. What What is it? Like, what do you think it's going to be like? Why do you need courage? I, I still have a lot of, uh, I guess, internalized fear <laughs> when it comes to out-of-body experiences. Um, specifically because, like, when I try to astral project, um, I get really close, but there have been a lot of times where I slip into night terrors and mm-hmm. just so are not fun. <laughs> and um, just I can get very paranoid about maybe a more negative deity, you know, mm-hmm. kind of coming around me because I've heard experiences um, of people who have been around like not good entities on DMT. Um, and that's part of the reason. But I also just. I'm terrified to experience ego death again. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. Yeah, those are tough. Those are tough. Ego death is tough. Um, Yeah. My, my DMT experience, I, you know, like you mentioned out of body experience, I felt like uh, pretty immediately things started changing visually. And then before I knew it, my, my like perceptual awareness was limited to just my head. So I had no, I had no concept of my body. I couldn't see it. It just didn't feel like it was there. It was just my head. Um, and, and that's where I was. And, and that felt very weird for me. And I felt like, well, at one point I did see some entities and, and they were pleasant and, and they were sort of inviting me up to check out paradise. That's what it felt like in that moment. And then I was like, yeah, I'd love to go to paradise. Woo, let's do it. Uh, but but I was in I was in my head and that was my experience. It was like I was in my head and I was trying to go up to paradise and I could kind of see it. But I was I was still stuck in my head like I was just I just I couldn't get out of my head. Hmm. Uh, and that was my experience. And then I kind of came back down and, and the visuals went away. And, you know, the irony for me because what I hear about DMT is it lasts 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops, whatever. For some people it's five minutes, but for me, I I got up and I was still kind of feeling um, the DMT. I I still felt something present for, you know, maybe four to five hours later. So I I was definitely still aware that, you know, that, that there was a shift in my body. Something was different and I could still feel it and, and maybe I'm just very sensitive. Um, but yeah, I, I like, 
I would say for me, I enjoyed it as an experience, but because the the visuals and and that particular part of it happens so fast, it's almost like I like I have a hard time grasping onto anything and like really experiencing things because it all happens so fast and then it's over just the visual parts. And then I like, I, you know, I want to remember things. I want to know what happened, but I like, there's no way for me to, for me to actually like remember all of that in a compact way. And so I, I like the, I like the longer journeys better because then I, I have more time to process what's happening. I have more time to kind of build those memories out in my mind. And then when I'm coming down from the experience, I can look back and and say, oh, this happened and that happened. Whereas DMT, it's just so much happened and then it was gone. And now like the only thing I remember is feeling like I was just in my head and the bit of like paradise entity stuff, but I don't remember anything else. Um, And that's like, I would much rather remember things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I find ayahuasca is definitely more like that for me. Um, mm. And I think that, I mean, ayahuasca is incredible. It's definitely, it's, I mean, it's completely, it has been life-changing for me. It's definitely shown me, it's shown me depths within myself that I didn't think I could access. It, it's shown me, um, like it, it helped me access memories within myself in, in a way that I didn't know was possible. Um, and by that, I mean, like actually vividly experiencing the memory rather than it just being like a series of images or like this vague thing that you remember, like actually physically being in that memory. Like that was just so powerful for me and just mind blown, life changing. I like, I can't, I can't picture my life without things like ayahuasca now because (laughs) of moments like that. I just can't picture it. Um, like, because like now I feel like I've, I've had a taste of it and, and now I just want more of that depth. I, I, I'm ready to go deeper, even though, you know, sometimes it, it really is tough to go that deep and it's scary and, um, it's, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not always the most fun experience. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope you have those experiences. I sincerely hope that you do um, within the next five years, maybe even sooner. Um, sure <laughs> it'll be life-changing. And hey, maybe you can come back and tell us about um, the profound experiences you've had with ayahuasca. Yeah, I mean, I have had my eye on, um, there's this Oscar, ayahuasca retreat in Orlando. Um, and it's not, not necessarily too expensive. And I mean, I've gone to Florida many, many times and it can be so cheap to go. Um, and I'm getting paid a lot more now, especially since I got promoted to bartending. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to come into a lot more money over the next couple of months. So I might go over to Orlando. <laughs> right on. Cause I mean, those things can be so tough to face, you know, your shadow, your demons, everything you try to avoid when you are conscious, you know, those can be very, be very hard to revisit, but in a way I kind of like doing it. Like Mm -hmm. I love crying. I, I was listening to a song I listened to in middle school, like during one of the worst parts of my life the other day, and I hadn't heard it in years. And I just burst into these cathartic tears and I felt so much release because um I didn't necessarily physically go back to my memories and relive them but it felt like I was that 13 year old girl again listening to that song and just fantasizing about running away from home mm-hmm. and then I realized oh I got out of that home I'm here now I'm not that little girl anymore but I I'm, it was like I was giving her a hug um and that's part of why I like psychedelic so much is because I get to give that little girl a hug whenever Mm -hmm. I do them. I get to really go in and give her a hug because it can be so hard, so hard for me to really get in touch with my emotions. Um, I really, really need to sit down and focus. Like sometimes I need to force myself to cry when I am conscious. And then when I started trying psychs, it was like, oh my God, I can finally cry, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Are all 19 year olds like you? Like, are all your friends like this? 
Is that um, like you? You were like giving me hope for humanity. I'm just like really enjoying listening to you, and just so happy that you're 19. And like, I mean, your heart is so open, and you're you're just so open to growing and learning and doing all this work. And like, it's, I mean. That it makes me so like you have no idea how happy it makes me to feel like you know the future is in your hands like that is just it's just really beautiful like I like wow like it, it makes me feel like you know all is not lost in humanity. No, yeah, hold up, you're 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 you're. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, a lot of my friends are like this. Um. And it's part of why I'm able to stay so afloat is because, um, I mean, the close friends I have in my life, um, I've seen them through their worst and they've seen me through mine. And every day, you know, we always try to lift each other up and we always promote healthy decisions in each other. Um, and like one of my, I have, I have a few, like two closest friends, um, one of them is never afraid to call me out on my bullshit and tell me exactly what I need to do. And the other is just like a giant hug, like a giant pillow. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe my friendship with her. And both of them are so, I'm so blessed to have them in my life because all of us are just so open and honest with each other. And we're never afraid to tell each other what we need to hear. And we're, we're always as open as we can be to hearing things about ourselves that we can work on, you know, but we never do it in an, um, like an arrogant way, or we never are condescending towards each other. We try to just, you know, be like, Hey, I've noticed that, you know, um, for example, one of, one of my friends was telling me to cut this dude off. (laughs) Um, and I, I had had that dude in my life for a while, but he's really toxic. And I just, I couldn't be with him anymore. Um, as a friend. And she was just telling me like, yeah, you got to cut him off. You got to cut him off. You got to come off, cut him off. It's the only way to do it in a healthy way for you and him. And I was like, really? There's, there's no way I can just like continue to be friends with him and like have everything be fine because you know, he, he was very codependent on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I finally, like, I was like, you know what? You're right. I have to do it. And it was a really uncomfortable conversation I had with him. But I finally put my foot down and I was like, hey, our relationship is not healthy. I can't do this anymore. And I don't think that we should be in each other's lives. And then it ended and I felt like a weight was lifted off of my chest. And part of what gave me the courage to be able to do that was a close friend of mine being like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, you got to do it, you know? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing everything you've shared so far and, and for coming on to this podcast. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I just feel so grateful um, that you were so open and that you shared so much of yourself. And um, I feel grateful to have had this opportunity to witness you. Um, I, I truly do feel a lot of gratitude right now. And, and I'm just, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I hope you do come back once you've had your ayahuasca journey, um, because I'm, I'm like, I'm excited for you. I, I really do hope that it's going to be a profound experience. I definitely um, think it will be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I bet it will. Uh, well, thank you. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, all right. Um, listeners, just want you all to know. I hope I hope y'all like what I had to say and I love each and every one of you um and I love you too as well Gra- Gabriella you're so cool um and I'm so glad that um you enjoyed our little conversation today like my heart feels so warm right now <laughs> um definitely think that the universe read uh led me to your reddit post right on right on I feel the same way thank you thank you thank you And that was episode 28 here at the Glove Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed that conversation. What a wonderful renewal of hope in humanity that was. I mean, truly listening to Addie and knowing that she is so young. um, And then, you know, like, it's just, I feel like I'm witnessing 
the changes that have happened in the last decade or so. And, you know, when I was, when I was her age, um, you know, I felt similarly about many, many things and there just wasn't nearly as much of a conversation around it. Uh, there weren't nearly as many communities or access to communities and, and support systems. And I'm just so happy to know that that has changed. And, you know, there is a support system for her now and yeah there are so many of us out there so it definitely definitely beyond a shadow of a doubt renewed my sense of you in humanity and i'm so so grateful i hope you enjoyed that conversation and i hope you come back for the next episode talk soon